Welcome to the Kiwi Music Podcast, proudly presented by the 13th Floor and Podcast New Zealand. Hi, I'm Marty Duda, and today I'm talking to Astaire about her new album, Archetypes. Astaire, who is based in Wellington, stopped by the 13th Floor to discuss making Archetypes. It's her third long player and one in which she has taken some surprising musical turns. And, as it turns out, was inspired in part by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. That's right, listen in to hear Esther explain. Um, I would say that it's uh, more instrumentation based. Uh-huh. So, um, I use quite a lot of guitar in right. the album and during writing it, and that's um, kind of infiltrated the sound quite a lot. Um, and I didn't so much do like the looping sampling process that I normally do. Right. Um, I just wanted to try something new, really. I was ready to kind of explore new terrain, and so that's a lot of what's going on in this album. Ah. Yeah. And, and speaking of new terrain, the terrain lyrically is kind of, well, archetypes is a, is mm. a concept or a term associated with Carl Jung. Yeah. And so how, how much is he involved in the making <laughs> of the songs here? Well, um, I wanted to have like a, a single concept for an album. Like right. I wanted to make a concept album and I wanted to make it about archetypes. Why I wanted to make it about archetypes, I don't know. It literally just came into my head one day. Um, I was like, I'm going to make an album called Archetypes, but I didn't know what they were. <laughs> and I didn't, I wasn't really very familiar with Carl Jung's work. Right, right. So I, I just kind of had a vague idea of the definition of archetypes. And so I started to go to kind of like the, um, you know, the root of, of the, the idea. And that was Carl Jung. Read a lot of his books. Didn't understand the concept till probably the fifth book that I read of his. Right. <laughs> um, and then once I got there, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm yeah. really into it. I mean, if I remember correctly, there were four initial archetypes that he talked about. And yeah. then there's a whole bunch that have kind of been developed since then, right? Yeah. And, and they kind of like, so he talked about specific archetypes, but I feel like the idea of archetypes is, um, it's kind of infinite. Right. You know, there are infinite archetypes and um, the idea is that there are patterns within human existence that we all sh- that we all follow and share yep. that manifest differently um, you know and th- that's something that really intrigued me yeah um, that idea of kind of that we all have collective um, things in our lives things that, isn't cause, it that drive us to go yeah it's kind of the opposite of or it's kind of like no man is an island it's like we're all kind of interconnected in some kind of yeah weird through being human yeah, and yeah. through you know being born through having a mother mother and a father through experiencing like you know our first um feelings of fear to like you know trying to um you know get up in the morning and 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 walk to school, you know, like yep, it's yep. all, yeah. Um, and those aren't archetypes, but I feel like that idea that all humanity shares and um, shares in certain patterns mm-hmm. is cool. So did you develop some of your own thoughts about what archetypes are from writing the songs? Um, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say that I came up with any original archetypes, right. but. Um, for example, like I think that 
one of the archetypes I looked into was the archetype of sacrifice. Uh-huh. Um, really interested in that um, and how that manifests, you know, like on the grand scheme of things, which was um, intense rituals where like people would be, you know, I don't know, dismembered and, you know, mm-hmm. eaten or whatever. <laughs> 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 to like the sacrifice of someone giving up something right. because they wa- they're trying to make it work with like, their boyfriend or their girlfriend, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so Carl Jung, I, um, I, I think some of his work's amazing and I really appreciate these, some of the core concepts that he came up with within his work, but I feel like he was also very um, inhibited by his own experience and, and, I'm, and, and I'm unable to necessarily see past um, himself because some of his some of his work is quite racist right, right. and some of it's quite um, prejudiced and it's based on ideas of archetypes that adhere to his. Yeah, well, he was doing his thing in the mid-1800s, wasn't he? Not to defend or, yeah. but that's the deal. I mean, that's part of. Yeah, but you think that if he really could completely understand his own concepts, then the stuff that he came up with wouldn't be there. Right. It's almost like an oxymoron or a contradiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's something that I also came to terms with and then um, did some post-Jungian like reading so there are some so there are some there are some Jungian psychologists who yes. are like yeah Jung's great but like let's move on right from <laughs> yep, yep, some yep. of his ideas and like you know which I think is important because yeah. we can't st- we really have to and especially progress. with the way things are going on in the world right now especially in the states kind of they're kind of going through their own communal transformation about how they look at different people and things Absolutely. And, and so that's right in there with it yeah yeah um, it's interesting because let's face it, most musicians when they're thinking about songs to write, things to write about in songs, they're not thinking about Carl Jung and <laughs> psychology. They're thinking about going down and getting beers and and hanging out at the, at the pub or something. So, right. what drove you to to mm. go into that kind of territory? I think that uh, music for me is a is a vessel for um, understanding my place in the world, or just you know, I have a lot of questions always and the world is um deeply mysterious to me mm-hmm. and sometimes overwhelmingly so um and the fact that we're only given one lifetime that we know of you know that yeah. we can um tangibly yeah you know put a finger on yeah. um is all just very intense and so i think music is um yeah just a a, a, a way to kind of merge, merge my feelings about that with philosophy almost a mm-hmm. philosophical kind of uh, aspect um i mean I, I i also write songs that are about um probably not going to the pub <laughs> i can't say that <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe like you know my relationships with other people like some of my romantic experiences um but i feel like that's a very small um uh, kind of small part of, of, of what it is to be human. Right. Um, and for me, I'm interested in exploring other things as well. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the songs, this is called Pomegranate. Yeah. What can you tell me about that one? So that is a song about um, someone who's, who, who's going on like a kind of esoteric um, spiritual 
quest, uh -huh. but they kind of just completely leave Earth and like go to Mars and it's hard to connect to them, right. you know? Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's about that kind of, almost that kind of sense of, of becoming lost that happens sometimes when people um, go down that path but are unable to keep in touch with reality. Mm. Um, and, and it's also on a personal note, kind of about a, um, a friend that that happened with, who I wasn't able to then really connect with in the same way that I mm. used to be able to, mm -hmm. um, which saddened me quite a lot. Mm. So yeah. Uh, you co-produced this record with a gentleman by the name of Stu Jackson, who is associated with the band Massive Attack. So how did you come to work with him and why are you working with him? Um, so for this album, I wanted to work with another producer. I didn't right. want to do it alone. I felt like I'd maybe had not hit a wall, but I needed to learn more. And um, I was making these demos that sounded kind of a little bit like late 90s trip hop, you right. know, like Bristolian trip hop. Yeah. Um, and then I asked a friend, Lisa Fitzgibbon, who's, um, who runs like songwriting workshops in the UK mm -hmm. um, if she knew anyone she thought would be good for me to collaborate with and she was like Stu Jackson like it's a good it's a great fit like yep, yep. he's a maverick and he'll not be um, you know opposed to going down some weird routes yep 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 <laughs> um, and so yeah I contacted Stu and um, that was how it happened. So did you record the album during lockdown or COVID land? Or no, the album was, was done, yeah. yeah the album. So our intention was to release it earlier. Right. We are now, um, but because of COVID. So I'm really excited to, to share it with people because I've been holding on to it for a while. Um, Stu was in Wellington with me. Um, yeah. We recorded at the Massey University Studios. Right. Um, he was in Wellington with me in 2019, end of 2019, and then I went over to Bristol uh -huh. for a couple of weeks. So how did the two of you work together? What, what precisely did each of you do? Uh, so he, he came over to Wellington and we went into the studio and we set up a, a rig really, um, and then went song by song and invited, I, I'd done a lot of pre-production work with um, other musicians. Mm -hmm. So we'd get other musicians in and we'd kind of just, um, yeah, complete each song um, in a in a separate day, you know, yep. a song a day. Yep. Um, and he also played instruments on the record. He, um, he steered things in certain directions that were different to what I would have done, but cool because I, you know, I learned a lot from right. seeing how he worked. Right, he's right. done a lot of, he's produced with a lot of people. Yep. Um, and production is something I'm passionate about. So I was like, hmm, this is so interesting. But I was also quite scared um, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm used to um, like doing most of, the production and so working with someone like that and handing over quite a lot of the um, the driving yeah. was like because it could go bad I mean let's face it he could come up with all these suggestions and you just go 
That doesn't sound good to me. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. And vice versa. And yeah. then I could just go down the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. And compatibility. But I feel like because um, we both we both kind of talked before we got we, we came together and we were familiar with each other's right. sounds like I knew what he'd done with Massive Attack. Right. He'd heard some of my stuff. So he'd clearly decided that he could work with it. Right, right. And I was definitely, I, and I was like, I can definitely work with that. Like, Very that's cool. so, that's so cool. Like, he's, he's, um, he's great. And he's, um, he's a, a fun person to be around as well. He's quite, um, it's not weighty like he keeps it right fun and i'm very like sometimes a little stressed and yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know especially as a, it was like the artist you know right. like i feel like did you I feel like there role. was a lot writing on this album um creatively yeah yeah um, I wanted I, the approach that I took. I was like, I really want to focus on songwriting. Because it's your writing. third or your third full length album. So yeah. at that point, people are start thinking about your catalog, your legacy, <laughs> whatever it yeah. is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to kind of, I guess, keep that in the back of your mind a little bit, right? Yeah. For me, I'm just really interested in um, continuing to develop in whatever right. way that is, um, and you know, maybe going back and forth. But I really enjoyed working more with acoustic instrumentation and then maybe next album I'll go back to working more on the MPC, but right. yeah. Yeah. You're going on the road, going on the road with a band is a different kettle of fish as they say, so how different is it for you working with a band and who are you going to be working with? Um, it's great working with a band, I love it. Yeah? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm working with Ben Lemmy, uh, who is awesome. I'm working with Zoe Moon, who's also awesome, and Corey Champion, who's equally awesome. Right, yeah. right. So it's a, it's different to how I used to do things, which was mainly solo. That was also with touring a lot to do with the economics of it. Yep. It's much easier touring solo. Um, yeah. But. I, and how is it different? Do you think now that there's no international art artists to kind of compete with? <laughs> is it a better thing or? Or do you think people are going to come out and support local acts more now? Um, prob probably going out because there's no international acts and people want to go out, then that will just be a natural yep. um, thing, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I feel so lucky to be in New Zealand right now and to be able <laughs> to say that I've got a tour coming up. It's... Yep, yep, yep. I've got a lot of family overseas in France and Germany and um, yeah, I feel very <laughs> blessed. Yes. Now with the band, mm. uh, how is the sound of the, the music going to change, these songs that are on the album, mm. since you're kind of working with other people? Um, I think sonically we stay quite true to the album with mm -hmm. how we perform it. Right. Um, but I'm really interested in performance, so we've got quite a lot of things going on. Me and Zoe dance. Right. We do choreographed dancing. Um, for the arts festival shows that I'm doing, I wear like a fiber optic um, light dress. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually just acquired um, a pixel whip. Right. Which is really cool. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but you should come. 
I, I will, <laughs> <Yeah>. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think for me, the live, live performance, that's probably what's added to that. Right, and do you think the fans who you've developed with the first two albums are going to be surprised or um, kind of open to hearing what you're doing now? Yeah, I definitely think they're going to be open and surprised. I feel I've always hinted to what I'm doing now with my previous work. Okay. There's always been that in there, but I've kind of, you know, it's been less of, it's been more beatsy and then maybe, right. you know, and now I've gone gone into a more, um, electronic melded with folk yeah um area which hey why not is, yeah exactly <laughs> why not um yeah i'm really excited for people to hear and engage with it i i really want to tell stories and um i hope that there's things that resonate with people in the, in the stories that i want to people like stories yeah, since the beginning of time, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's just like they exist everywhere and every place. Yep, yep, yep. I love stories. Okay, is there a story behind Pelican? Yes, there is a, a big story behind Pelican. So um, the Pelican in um, ancient Egyptian symbology was the symbol of sacrifice. Uh -huh. So the Pelican would stab its own heart with its beak to feed its young. That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. And then it actually carried on to like early Christian. Like there are there are these um these images of a pelican doing that in like um Christian chapels and chapels and stuff like that. Um and so this song is about that idea of mother sacrifice and these two young boys go out on a small boat. Uh, on a river and get swept up by the tides and drown mm -hmm. and then their mother goes out to find them and transforms herself into a pelican so she can fly above to search for her sons and she finds them um, and they're both dead and she stabs her her heart with her beak and revives them that's the story of that's that, a story that's what happens in the song <laughs> yeah 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 Alrighty. Well, that's certainly um, different than what you've been doing before and should get some folks interested and, mm -hmm. and get their attention. So it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, good luck with the record. Thank you for making Thanks it. Thanks very much. Hopefully it'll do well and all this stuff. I don't even know what that means anymore these days. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we'll see what just... happens. But I'd love to see the live show. So yeah. you're going to be in Auckland, I assume, for that? Yeah. Right. I'm going to be um, performing at Auckland Arts Festival oh, right. with that yep. for the for the live show. Um, and I'm performing at Splore as well. So oh, those are the two funny. shows within this area. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, doing the whole of New Zealand. Excellent. So. Well, thanks for coming around here. Thank you for having me. Nice. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Music Podcast, proudly presented by the 13th Floor and Podcast New Zealand. If you haven't already, be sure not to miss an episode by subscribing free with Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.